0: Hello and welcome to Backyard Catch. This is Nick Ruby once again. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Super excited. Wow. What a fun first week of college football. You got to love it. I mean, you go in and spend all this time in the offseason. You go through preview magazines. You spend all these t- different things. You're trying to formulate what's feel of this team, like how these new pieces are going to fit, what is it going to look like, what's the feel of college football, like what's the way these teams are going to feel like, and you have a picture, but it almost never fails, you, you have some teams that surprise you, or you just have some things that happen that you just weren't sure all the way, and of course there's things you can't wait all the nowhere, like is this quarterback going to take that next step, is this team going to really gel under this new coaching staff? especially with the transfer market now. I mean, are all these transfers really going to fit or is it are they individual pieces and are not a cohesive unit? And so it's just really fun. I mean, we had a little taste with week 0 last week, but now starting from Thursday, we're recording this on Monday. I mean, we still have another game tonight officially. But like when we're recording this, we still have Clemson Georgia Tech. And so we've been going since Thursday night, and trying to keep up with all of it. And so I hope you've had a wonderful Labor Day weekend, or getting to enjoy this last day if you're listening on a Monday, or as you're trying to get reaccumulated into the week on a shortened work week. But we, it college football's back. It's back. It's fall. We're putting up fall decorations. I'm, um, I'm just pumped, man. It's just, it's really fun. So there's a lot to talk about. And we're going to do a little uh, recap episode and uh, just kind of hit some highlights. But, I mean, there's just so much to talk about. There's just almost like too much to put into one episode. But, I mean, let's start with the Thursday night matchups. We had Pitt and West Virginia in just a backyard brawl. That was just really fun. They hadn't played since 2011, which through realignment and just different. It's not a year every year type of game but I mean they broke a a Pittsburgh I think a Pittsburgh sports record for over 70,000 people were at this game it was incredible what a fun atmosphere just a way to start off college football Pitt comes out I mean West Virginia looks like the stronger team at first Pitt comes out like you have the two the stories the two USC quarterbacks who are both transfers you know and then Pittsburgh loses the Blitnikoff Award winner and Jordan Addison as well, as well as Kenny Pickett. They go out there and they make a statement win, get a pick six tip to win the game against West Virginia. Huge statement win for the ACC. And I think that's a thing I'm taking away from this this weekend in a couple of key matchups as we've started the weekend and ended the Sunday night game as we'll get into. That Pittsburgh, I mean, ACC got some much needed wins on some national in and, and some national games. And, and the Saturday games weren't as great. I mean, there's got some wins, but in the key marquee matchups that were noted on this weekend, ACC got it and, and it was honestly frankly kind of needed. And then you got the wild Penn State and Purdue game where Penn State squeaks it out. That one's a close one. Pittsburgh, I mean, Pittsburgh, Purdue is a, you know, they're a fun team. And I I was picking Purdue, but I, I think Penn State, it was just really interesting to see what they're going to look like this year. And so for Penn State, in a very important game for, for James Franklin and that staff, they, they got it down the road. So I'll give it to them. And then we had. Virginia Tech losing on the road at Old Dominion. Their coaches got stuck on the elevator at halftime. just—I don't Personally, I'm not a fan of Power 5 schools going on the road to non-Power 5 teams. I understand trying to support schools in the state. It just doesn't seem to work out well. And it's just not a great image for us at a conference like the ACC where you're trying to be taken more seriously and you're wanting to still be included in the Power 5. I mean, those are the schools that are doing it. And then you go and lose like Virginia tech's lost the last couple of times to old dominion. I mean, it's a new coaching staff. I, I, I like the direction they're going, but not a great start for them. And I just, I don't personally love it. I think it's just not the way I would go about it. And especially if you lose, it makes it even worse because you're getting their best, you're getting their best punch. And we're seeing across the board, all those ACC games, you know, Virginia tech goes and loses. Uh, UNC plays a basketball game with Appalachian State. Who, this is just like a statement. Stop scheduling App State home, ro- like don't go to their place for sure. But just you are put on notice when you schedule Appalachian State. When you schedule App State, they are ready to play. New, I don't care coaching staff any like any of those changes they are ready to play now it's like do they have all the pieces every year it looks a little different of course but I mean they scored 61 points on UNC like they could have easily won that game um but I mean it's it's big I mean Drake may I think he'd be really fun to watch for UNC but I mean they just got to watch out and App State's a great that, that that's gonna be a fun matchup you know with App State and Coastal to see who who wins it out in the Sun Belt but Man, that's a tough, tough environment. And then then you have NC State, you know, where this is like a lot of people are talking about this is the year that they can come in and finally win the division, win the conference. And, yeah, don't you yeah, have fun going to. <laughs> they almost lost the game at ECU where they've not done great there. They only won by one point. And it's 21-20 ECU. I mean, they're right. That's not a fun environment to play in. And that's their big game. So... I, Left, I think left with some more things to be desired. Um, That's why some of those big, like I was saying, those big marquee matchups for other, for like Pitt and Florida State and then hopefully then Clemson for the conference. Those are big deals. So we had that. We had Arkansas pull out a good win against uh, Cincinnati at home. Uh, Felt good about that, but that was a good strong statement win from them. And then I feel like we have other matches that are coming, and then now we, there's even, I've seen even a ranking already that's putting Georgia ahead of Alabama. It, not the official AP poll, but just someone's personal where they would rank. Alabama just goes out and takes care of business, wins 55 for nothing against Utah State. So, I mean, they can't take care of business. Bryce Young sits six touchdowns. But then the big matchups, you know, were, you know, Georgia, Oregon, like what was that going to look like? Three versus 11, you know, you got the old DC. Um, from Georgia is now the head coach there. I mean, I thought Georgia was going to win, but, I mean, if you had said that they were going to win 49-3, to I don't know if I would have fully believed you because I thought, we all thought that Georgia was going to win, or a lot of people did, but just with how many pieces they still have. But, I mean, to be that dominant on offense, I mean, Stetson Bennett, 368 yards passing. I saw a stat where he had the best QBR as a quarterback in the sec i mean if he takes that next step up i mean George's can be right there again i mean that's scary and i'm telling you like you got to stop sleeping on the guy like Setson can play and i think even more so i think just calling him a game manager is is really a, a downplay of his, of what he can do now am i saying he's like one of the top top echelons he's gonna win the Heisman anything like that no I'm not predicting that I'm just saying don't we keep having to relearn the lesson of don't like mistake him as being a good player or don't mistake him or just underrate him he can play and when you have again like dynamic running backs and guys can catch the ball I mean he can extend plays with his legs I mean going to watch out for him and it'll be really fun to see if Georgia where Georgia can go this year so that was a big statement win for them, forty-nine to three. And Oregon had a lot of new pieces. I think eleven was probably too high for them, honestly. I mean, we're saying that now, of course, but like, loser, you know, lose new quarterback, new head coach. I mean, they've lost some pieces. It, I don't know. I, I think this is a little bit more of a might be a little bit more of a down year for them. But again, of course, was wanting to say this in the beginning. It's it's all about overreacting to week one or week zero, you know, of course, but I think the thing with Oregon is like, there's a lot still to play for, but obviously not the start that you wanted, but Georgia, I mean, that's a tough, that's a tough matchup, you know? So I think you just kind of like, just wash it and move on. And then there's still a lot to play for, for them. Uh, The two big matchups in the nightcap was number seven, Utah going on the road to Florida in the first Game for Billy Napier as head coach And then we got Notre Dame, Ohio State And the 2-5 matchup You know You know you got top two Top five teams that were ranked going into it That felt really big but honestly to me The more intriguing game Was Florida, Utah I mean just talking about some back and forth That was really fun and I think it really Felt like an Anthony Richardson coming out party Um, That guy's dynamic you know And I think I was just really that he's one of those guys I was really impressed with coming away from the weekend is that okay, this guy this guy's for real. And the question is like are there enough pieces around him to continue to support that? But I mean have fun playing in the swamp, you know, when those guys are rolling and with that kind of support, that was just a really cool environment to watch. And I always respect Utah. I mean I just they Come well prepared and ready to go I think there's a lot still for them to play for That's a tough first week Matchup for them and The playoff is not off the Table for a team like that I mean They come back score I mean they were driving With a chance to either Kick the tying field goal Or win the game You know and they just threw an interception on a good Just a good play you know and and that's all You can really ask for them but they could still run the table and go to the playoff, you know, potentially, or, you know, at least win the conference. That's why it's like you have to enjoy just the regular season. Like, their season's just not all lost because of this. Like, that's a tough, that's a tough opening matchup, you know? So, I just, I thought that was, they, thought they played well, and just, those are just felt like two teams battling it out, and one team had to lose, and it ended up being... Utah. And I think Florida's probably better than what we were expecting. And I just was impressed by the energy and the effort. And it's interesting to see some of these teams, you know, in these first games for them. Like, what do, what do they look like? So I, I just was really impressed with them. And then you got Ohio State and Notre Dame. Notre Dame came out ready to play. I think everyone was kind of chalking it up. And when I say everyone, it felt like a lot of the media and a lot of people it, you know, it's a 17 point game spread. It's like we don't know what Notre Dame we're going to get. You know, and that's what's tricky about trying to pick some of these spreads in, in opening weeks. Is because you, it's so many new pieces, new quarterback, new coach again, going on the road in a super tough place to play with Ohio State, who has a lot to play for, dynamic offense. What's the team going to look like? And it was just like I don't know. I don't think they're going to win, but just are they going to score enough points to keep up with such a dynamic offense and can they hold them down and the fact that they held Ohio State to 21 points at home was big they were leading at halftime 10 to 7 and then eventually you know I think just the attrition of so many dynamic players um, Smith and Jigba was out um, after like in the first half so hopefully he's okay and that was just more of like a A nagging injury And they were just trying to keep him safe Out of precaution So I really hope for him Because he's a fun dynamic player to watch And has a really bright future At the next level too But even with that I thought Ohio State really had to Had to fight for that one You know And I was really impressed With the way Notre Dame played And just the way they Really were having to make Make Stroud win the game You know And just the, the The team tackling And really trying to be dynamic In that Um, I think also, too, Ohio State's going to be really good. I just, there's a lot of good pieces on that. And the question for me with Ohio State wasn't the offense. It's just, can the defense, what is the defense going to look like with new D.C.? And can they take that next step in order to to take, you know, a Georgia and Alabama and that kind of thing? But the offense, I wasn't questioning that. I think they definitely want to continue to improve on the running game, especially, you know, cause you can't, you don't want to make everything one, one, one dimensional or that you really have to respect both parts of it. And so I think that they, that was just a tough, gritty win for them. And so I was impressed with Ohio state, but we'll see what, what Ryan day goes into that and, and, and improvements he makes. But I think they're also a team to watch out for. So I think there's some, there's some tough top teams, for sure, this year. Um, But Notre Dame, super impressed, and I think they've been underrated. And I think Marcus Freeman, I think he had his team ready to play, and they they just scored one late touchdown um, to pull him out in the end, Uh, 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 more than double digits. And then we have the Sunday night matchup. You know, you get... In the first, you know, on... Saturday night, you get Utah and Florida. I feel like two great teams going at it. And Sunday night of LSU and Florida State in uh, in New Orleans in the Louisiana kickoff just felt like, I was like, this is just wacky college football. This is why we love it. I mean, you got Brian Kelly making his debut. You got the neutral site game. It's basically a home game with, we're just splitting half the tickets, honestly. But I mean, it's just, And Florida State came in there, and they were ready to play. I was so interested to see what this offense was going to look like. And, and, you know, up to last minute, I mean, I didn't know who the quarterback was going to be. You know, Brennan retires, but, like, it seemed like it was going to be Daniels, but it wasn't for sure. And I think with just the dynamic, with his running ability, we were going to see that um, probably. But, man, I I was just – you were kind of expecting them to be – the more dynamic team on offense. But Florida State, I mean, they came out ready to play. And I was just, Jordan Travis, I was impressed with him. You can see the next steps he's taking. And Florida State felt a little different. I think they felt different than they've been in the past few years as I've been watching them. It felt like they were building some momentum from that. And I'm really interested to see where they take, you know, this next step from there. But Jordan Travis... I liked the way he played. I liked his leadership and um, dynamic ways to continue plays and and make running plays. And they had some interesting offensive wrinkles, you know, trying to continue the running game. He had a great deep ball, had a couple shots. I mean, they were up 17-7 or something like that. And, And LSU had to come back into that. LSU, man, I mean, just talk about different ways of trying to give trying to give the game away i mean you can't have that many mistakes on special teams and i think that was a clear thing of this is a three sides of the ball game you know it's offense defense and special teams like you have to be ready to go in that And i think brian kelly and this this staff they'll get that fixed like it's it's not going to be a i don't think that's going to be necessarily a hundred percent all year long type of thing it's just like you just don't you kind of have to see with when guys are taking live bullets of what this really looks like. But it just again, you gotta be ready to go with special teams. We had because we had a blocked field goal, um, two muff punts. I felt so bad for that returner. Two muff punts and and then the block extra point. But to State, he muffs the punt, they go ahead, get the touchdown, you go ahead seven. And then or I'm sorry, they're already up seven And they had to punt the ball. So, LSU gets the stop that they need. He muffs the ball at, like, the 10-yard line. They bounce on it. And then it looks like Florida State's just trying to run the clock out, maybe get the extra score, win the ball game. Well, Florida State on the pitch, you know, of course they go drop the ball. LSU gets it back on the one-yard line. They drive all the way down, get down to the one-yard line. I thought that was crazy that he got his knee in. I... I did I understood like while wow, that was happening because of the review but I don't know just weird things happen in New Orleans and just especially with LSU's there just some weird things can tend to happen it was like cuz theoretically neither like you know the the ball stops you know the clock stops when the clock hits you know when they get the first down but of course they had to review the play so they're not going to just let it run out but the guy was in bounds with his knee so like the clock would have stop on the first down and then it would continue to go and there's only one or two seconds left no timeouts for LSU so if that was playing live like if they weren't reviewing the play the clock would have run out But because they were reviewing the play they had the um time down you know or the, the clock wouldn't start until on the whistle so they had the play you know Daniels makes the pass they score like, okay here we go overtime preparing for that and then, as you would have it, blocked extra point. Just crazy game, and I think just a, a big. I thought that was a, it was a good. Was a good statement win by Florida State. Really, I mean, if they were to lose, I wasn't gonna. I mean, that's a tough. I think it was just how are they gonna look in that game? Honestly, it'd been nice for the conference for them to win, but. I think it was just more like how they're going to look. And I think that was just a big win. And I, I could see them both being teams, especially for a team for Florida State that's been under 500 for the past like five years. That's a big win on the road in a tough environment. Um, even though the same's in half, it feels like a home game for LSU. I, I mean, and now they both might be six and six, seven and five types of teams, but that's an improvement for Florida State. And then with LSU, um, they'll learn from this and grow from it. And, and there might be some growing, there's probably gonna be some more growing pains this year, but that's gonna be a good team over the next couple of years. And so that's a big, that's a big statement win. I think they can use that. So there you have it. That's a rapid fire uh, recap of week one. We still have Clemson Georgia tech, which should be interesting just to kind of see what Clemson looks like. And, you know, will DJ really take the next steps that we're hoping to see in his progression. Um, I think we will see some next steps for him. I I don't know. It's almost really hard to expect him to be, you know, Trevor or Deshaun, even in this junior year. I just think they're going to make it more successful for him. And we're going to see, I'm going to, we're going to have more uh, other pieces step up for the offense. This defense is going to be just as good, honestly, or maybe a slight step back but just around the same ballpark of just being good again. And the offense just needs more pieces to step up, and I think they will. But that's what I'm going to be interested to see in that. And then for Georgia Tech, I mean, wanting to put on a a, a good show on national television, showing that they are taking steps forward because they keep winning three games every year. And this is a really big year for Jeff Collins and that staff if they want to stick around, obviously, to, to continue to see the rebuild. But a lot of pieces that they need to keep continue to build on so um yeah there you have it i'm excited more football and then we got another weekend this is only the beginning guys like that was just one week that was just one week and so many there's so many other games we could have talked about those are the big ones i just want to hit on so y'all thanks so much for listening uh, remember to like subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, and then remember to subscribe and like the video on YouTube. That helps us, and that way, to help new people get to see that and just support the channel. So, y'all, thank you so much for listening. And for now, we are signing off.